Well, we're going to dive right into the word tonight. And uh, let's look in John chapter 17, verse 3. Uh, let's not miss what God has for us tonight in the word. John 17, verse 3, Jesus, and this is his high uh, priestly intercessory prayer. We're actually mentioned in this prayer um, because he talks about those who will come to know him uh, through the message. And so we're there. And he says this in verse 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, did you catch that? The only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. One of the keys to understanding the Bible is to read it slow and to take your time. My mom always said, chew your food. Because sometimes I was just like a wolf, you know, you know, especially as a teenager. And maybe you could used to eat more than you could now. I remember when I grew up in Leesburg and I remember a Burger King came to town. Well, we don't know what it is, but we like it. You know, and, and I'd get like a double Whopper with cheese and a Whopper Junior and fries, supersize, onion rings, milkshake, Coke, apple pie for like four bucks. It was last century. And I could put that away in like no time. I just talking to you about it right now. It's like, I don't feel so good, you know? So, so it changes, right? But in understanding scripture, it helps us to take our time, kind of chew our food, so to speak. Notice he said, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. That is for us. If you're a believer, if you've accepted Jesus, I, I was some of my reading this morning, I actually was reading about Jacob wrestling with actually an Old Testament Jesus. I won't go into all that right now. But there was a, there was a point where he just clung to him and he said, I, I will not let you go. And I really think that's a better picture of what we need to do rather than I, I accept Jesus. I think instead we need to, God, I need you and I am not letting go of you. I pray that be our hearts instead of this casual, social, I accept Jesus. You know, I, I think future altar calls, I'm going to say, run, do not walk. You know, it's like you, we all needed him way before we got him. Amen. But this is eternal life and eternal life for us. If you have accepted Jesus, and you know what I mean, the intensity of that as well. It's a present possession. This is not just something once we die or once we fly. It is a present possession. But it comes to us through our good works. Y'all all do know I'm joking, right? It comes to us through, and grace is the right vehicle there, but it comes to us through a relationship. It's a relationship. And so he says, and this is eternal life. And, and let me just say this. If you're not hooked up with eternal life, before we leave here tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. And it's important because this life ends. And, but you continue. And uh, you got to make some choice about where, that, where that's going to be. But I don't want you to just relegate it all to, well, you know, I'm going to live like I want to live now and have enough of Jesus so that, you know, I got my ticket for later. Um, don't play that. Don't, don't play that. 
And plus, why live this life without the peace and the help and the, and the joy? And I don't know if you notice this, but the world's getting crazy, you know, and, and there's no place to be without, without God. This is eternal life. Man, at this rate, it's going to take us four hours to get through this message. This is eternal life, a present possession that we get through this relationship that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So this eternal life, we know God. Everybody say, know God. That's eternal life, that you know God, and we come to know him through, through Jesus. And then I'm going to skip back into the Old Testament, Psalm 46.10. And it says, be still. Everybody say, be still. Did your mama ever tell you, be still? You ever have teachers tell you, be still? When I was growing up, I had everybody telling me to be still. Be still and know that I am God. Now, here's what I want you to connect here. This is eternal life, John 17, 3, that they may know you. And then the psalmist tells us in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. So I want you to see that know part about knowing God. Let me reveal to you in case you didn't already realize this, the enemy's top priority by the enemy. I mean, the enemy of your soul, the devil, the destroyer, the deceiver, his top priority. He makes a supreme effort at blocking both of the things that we've talked about already. Eternal life and knowing God. He, you know, his main goal is not to ruin your morning. Somebody, the devil is really working in my, his goal is not ruin your morning, ruin your day, or even ruin your life. He's happy to do all those things, excited to do all those things. His real goal is to keep you from knowing God and to keep you from eternal life. He doesn't even mind if you get religious. And that's probably in my estimation, the biggest meanest trick that he has played. It's not drugs, it's not sin, it's, not, it's, it's religion, which is about God but without God. And people get this feeling about, I'm okay because I'm doing this and I'm going there and, you know, I talk this way or whatever. And, and don't be fooled by that. And um, this is eternal life, that we may know him, the only true God, and his son Jesus Christ, be still so that we could know him. And the enemy is against that. And so if we'll be still, we can know God and we can know eternal life. But if we're not still, and this is where I'm headed tonight, you can be busy. Everybody say busy. Busy. Remember the guy on Frosty? Busy, busy, busy. (laughs) A magician or something. Uh, You can be busy and miss God. You can be busy and miss eternal life. So I want to talk about busyness. And last Wednesday, we talked a little bit about this too. And when you're, when you're too busy, here's what you do. You have a life without margin. And I'm going to get up close and personal on a few things tonight because we have to do something about this in our life. Busyness happens a lot of times because we're thinking that we can get everything done or that we have to get everything done. Did you know, unless you just got a pitiful little to-do list, you're not going to get everything done. You know, unless you only have, I only have three things. 
It's watch Oprah, check the mail, feed the dog. You know, it's like, you know, if that's the range of your life, you need to expand. Busyness is an enemy and you need to see it as an enemy. It's an enemy to relationships. It's an enemy to your health. It's an enemy to your emotional stability. It's an emotion. Uh, it's an enemy of your joy, of your peace. Am I preaching good? Y'all getting this? It's an enemy of your satisfaction and fulfillment, contentment. It's actually an enemy of productivity and efficiency. It's an enemy to your spiritual life. And it can keep you from knowing God and experiencing eternal life. We live with the tyranny of the urgent, the excitement of the exciting, the burden of obligation. And a lot of people live driven by guilt or driven by sincerity. And then we live under obligation. We've got all this stuff going on. And uh, a number of years ago, I felt like the Lord put this in my heart. The tragedy of our culture is the pace of it. The tragedy of our culture is the pace of it. And so we've got to slow down. In 1850, how many of you remember 1850? No, you don't. You weren't alive in 1850. In 1850, well before us, the average person slept nine and a half hours every night. I am jealous. We are now under seven hours. It's closer to six and a half hours. And there's a lot of reasons for it. You say, well, they didn't have anything to do. And see, that's that bend toward busyness. The earth is actually made this way, the world and its system that Lighting changes. Colors change in God's sky. And it affects your brain. It starts to make you a little sleepy. We've got to fight it. We've got to fight that. And we do. We do fight it. And did you know if you're having a little trouble sleeping at night or whatever, do not look at your phone. Do not open your computer. Do not turn on the television. Because you know what? You send in that bright light. And it wakes your brain all back up. Plus, you got to check on this, check on that, check on that. And it was all so important. I'm being facetious. And we've got all this, you know, stuff that just keeps us awake. And uh, we would do better to have a little more rest. Now, I'm talking about busyness. And I realize there may be some here tonight. I don't know on a Wednesday night. But there may be some that busyness is not a problem for you. Maybe laziness is, okay? And that's another message. Come back next week if you feel up to it, okay? But we're going to talk about us that are bent toward busy here tonight. Uh, Busyness reveals that we are either void of priorities or we've compromised our priorities. And it will throw your life, busyness will throw your life out of order. Now, for most things, out of order means it's broke. For most things out of order means it does not work. If you walk up to a vending machine that says out of order, do not put your money in it. Okay. But yet we continue to try to live life out of order. We don't have our priorities right. So we're out of order. And let me just tell you that that does not work. How many of you know that does not work? All right. Here's one of the big points I want to make tonight. Please, please get this. When we live without margin. When we live in busyness, 
The things of God, and I'll explain that in a moment. The things of God are either missing from our life or they become optional in our life. When we are overly busy, the things of God are either missing out of our life, they get slid out of our life. Why? Because our priorities are off. And so, well, I got this, got this, so I'm going to slide that over here. So the things of God, when we're overly busy, y'all with me tonight? are either missing out of our life entirely or they become optional. What do you mean by this, Pastor? Well, here's one of the things of God, prayer. We're either prayerless completely or we just throw up a prayer here and there or mindless little prayer or these little pat prayers that, that we don't really hook up. You know, now I lay me down to eat. You know, we just kind of run it all together and not... Now, I'm sure what we're doing, or we don't pray. And that's a dangerous thing. E.M. Bounds, who has written volumes on prayer, said that prayerlessness, let me get it right here. Prayer kills Satan. Prayerlessness kills you. And so it's not an issue that we can play with. You've got to have prayer in your life. James told us you do not have because you do not what? Because you don't ask. And you guys slow down. See, some of it's been modeled wrong and presented to you wrong. You say, I don't have time to pray four hours. Who told you you had to pray four hours? Well, I don't have time to pray an hour. Who told you you had to pray an hour? Well, Jesus asked the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, what, couldn't you stay with me an hour? And how many of you know the Garden of Gethsemane is probably a bigger deal than your life? So your life is not always going to require an hour. Are you all here? So Jesus is not requiring all the time that you got to have an hour or your, your prayer is not going to work. Some of the most powerful prayers that you can pray can happen under a minute. I'm serious. Under a minute. You, job interview or something. Father, I'm here and I need your favor. And I need you to go ahead of me. You know what I need. Touch me. Give me help. Precede me. Father, I'm trusting you. Here I go. I'm not going alone. You're with me. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know how long that took. 20 seconds maybe. And you know what? I'm, I'm telling you, that connects with your heart and you can lift up. There are seasons where you're going to pray longer. There, there are times where you take and you're praying for other people and so forth. But I'm telling you, day in and day out, don't just box it all into one little thing and i got to make it all happen. You should be praying off and on throughout the day. Okay. But if you're not careful, you'll live this marginless, overly busy life and, and prayer goes by the wayside. Here's another thing of God that can become missing or optional, and that is Bible reading. And I'm going to tell you this and listen to me. You're not going to grow. You're not going to be healthy if you don't have daily intake of and exposure to God's word. Well, I read the Bible last February. When did you eat last? When did you eat last? You know, and the Bible tells us that I require, not just desire, that word in the Hebrew is I require your word more than my necessary food. Did y'all hear that? I require it more. I need it more than my necessary food. It's not enough for you to just come and get taught. Even if you came every service, it's not enough to get taught. You better come and get taught. That's so necessary in our life. But you've got to have the word in your life. Well, I don't even know where to start. I've done whole series 
to show you where to start, how to read, how to study, giving you resources, all kinds of things. Well, I need a promise on this and this. Just Google. Everybody say Google. Google. I maybe don't know what a Google is. Okay. Just Google. Get on a computer. Get on a smartphone. Do something. Well, I don't have one. People around you do. You know, some of you, maybe in previous days in your life, would bum a cigarette. Y'all here? Or y'all just been holy your whole life? He said cigarette in church. I'm not coming back here. Bye. Now, listen. We've asked people for all kinds of things. Hey. Hey, can you spot me a dollar? Can you bum a cigarette off of somebody? Can I have some gum? And when I was growing up, we knew of no disease. So you drink out of other people's stuff and eat off their stuff. Am I right? Okay. Well, you can lean into your neighbor and go, hey, could, could you Google something for me? Do you have a Google? I mean, if you don't know what it is. Just Google... Bible promise for fill in the blank. And I'm telling you what, you'll get 10,000 results there. It'll come up. You you can get it in no time. And so if you're stuck and afraid of technology, folks, you better hop on the bus. Okay. You bet. You bet. It'll help you in a million ways. Well, I heard there's bad things there and the antichrist and Obamacare is not working. And I mean, just. You got to get into the word. All right, let me get on another one. We get so busy and have no margin in our life. We start skipping church. That the things of God become optional for us. I've had people tell me this. I'm, I'm the older I get, the bolder I get. I've had, I've had some people, I ran into a guy in a grocery store about a week and a half ago. And I, I just told him graciously kind, but I told him, he said, well, we're so busy. He's a pastor. I hadn't seen you in years. I'm right where I always am. And he said, well, we are so busy Sunday. Hear this Sunday is our only day. And I said, you know what? Sunday is the Lord's day. Now, I'm not trying to be religious on y'all, but here's what we do. Let me just straight. Sunday is the Lord's day. It's prescribed by scripture. It's the Lord's day. And what we've done is we've gotten ourselves so busy. We've filled up all of our days. Need some rest. Need some downtime. Can't come to church. It's our only day. Correction. It's not your day. It's the Lord's day. Do I have to stay at church all day? No, he just wants to give you, he wants you to give a portion of that day. To come for what the Old Testament calls holy convocation. You actually spruce yourself up a little bit, brighten yourself up, grab your Bible, get your heart ready, drag all your wounds and wounded. And make your way to a sanctuary. And meet with the people in the family of God. And hear the word of God talk to you. And worship corporately. And honor God. And you, you give him the first part. And listen, when, 
the first part always represents the whole. Represent, you know, when God wouldn't want to talk sometimes to, to people, or, and it works in all, all realms of our culture and society and world and history and everything. You want to talk to somebody, let me talk to your leader. Let me talk to somebody. Who represents this? Well, the same is true with our time, with our money, with anything. The first part represents the whole. And you present the first part to God, and God can bless the whole. And that's the purpose of the tithe. That's the purpose of your time. That's a part of the purpose of the Lord's Day, where you, where you come to church. God, on this first day of the week, a day that moved tens of thousands of Jews that had worshipped God on a whole nother Sabbath for, for a long, long time, shifted their whole life because Jesus Christ raised from the dead and it became the Lord's day that day check your calendar first day of the week start that day give that first part to God it represents the whole and watch the rest of it be blessed but I'm so busy 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 I'd rather be blessed 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 Amen. Well, sorry I meddled there for a while. Why are we so busy? Let me go over a couple of things here real quick. First of all, it's the nature of our times and our culture. Um, it's the acceleration of time. Doesn't it seem like time is faster? It's the compression of events. And it's technology. Technology. It's the nature of our times and culture. How many of you get angry at fast food places? How many of you beat your phone because it's not fast enough? Come on, come on, come on. Because we want instant everything. Right? And miracle Grow is not enough. We want something nuclear. Why are we so busy? Nature of our times and culture. Here's another one. Unresolved emotional needs. This one kind of hit me when I was reading about it. Because here's, here's what it says. I feel guilty if I'm not busy. Yes. How many of you feel guilty if you're not busy? You know, we, we took like three, four days away. It wasn't until the last day that I finally felt like, ah. And you know what? My mom modeled it for me. My stepdad modeled it for me. My mom was never still. If she was still, she was doing something. She had her glue gun building something if she was sitting still or knitting or always had to be doing something. You, could, you cannot just sit still. And, you know, you got to break that. I'm talking to me, y'all. You got to break that. I feel guilty if I'm not busy. And we got to learn to let it go. You know, I've been doing a lot of mornings lately going out onto my front porch. Y'all are waiting for me to fall asleep, aren't you? <laughs> hear the birds and feel the breeze and hear cars go by and this and that. Yeah. Pastor, that is a waste of time. No, it's not. We, we've got to do better at this. I, I don't want to take a lot of time on this right now, but in some recent readings, reading about the law of spiritual gravity. 
where you can take a jar of muddy river water and have it swirling, 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 swirling. If you'll set that jar down and let it get still, all the, it, it will clear. And the same is true of our soul. That we have chaos in our soul. That if we would be still long enough, the law of spiritual gravity would clear out the chaos in our soul. We have a hard time getting still, don't we? Fight for it. Fight for it. Learn that one. Why are we so busy? Unrealistic expectations. We think we've got to get everything done. You know what? You're not going to get everything done. Only Robinson Crusoe got everything done by Friday. I've waited for years to use that one. Now, here's what we say about that one. I'm the only one who can do it right. If you want anything done right, you got to do it yourself, right? Now, I'm thankful I got free of that. And then here's another reason why we're so busy. Undisciplined lifestyle, which reflects on our priorities, which reflects on our boundaries, which reflects on no understanding of our roles, which we talked about last week. So let's move real quick. And I want to give you five things real quick. And they will be, they will be quick. How to deal with busyness. And the first one is this. Pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Say it again. Pray. pray. You need to pray about everything the scripture tells us, especially major decisions. You should not go buy stuff that is more than what you've got going to cost more than what's in your pocket without praying. And you pray early in the day, God, help me. Don't waste what you've entrusted me with. You know, don't just, you know, if you're going to buy a car or home or something like that, you better be praying. You know, and and, and I talked to people too. I talked to somebody um, probably two Sundays ago, if not two Wednesdays ago. And they were talking about, I go and I'm I'm trying to get a better job and I'm going to job interview, job interview, job interview, job interview, job interview. And I said, are you praying at all about these? Because I'm telling you what prayer will bring to your life, precision. Prayer will bring precision to you. And so you need to pray and then be led by peace or lack of peace. Because the children of God are led by the spirit of God. Isaiah tells us, and they shall be, they shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And peace is one of the ways that God would lead us. So if peace is there, okay, I got to go ahead to take the next step. Peace is not there. It's like, nope. Y'all with me? There, there was a a girl, Alicia doesn't mind me telling this. She talks about it all the time. Um, There was a girl that I dated before I dated Alicia. And uh, she'd come up to me and she'd go, are you going to marry her? Because I, I knew Alicia. And I go, eh, no, you're business. And um, I, was at a, I was seriously at a place, and this girl had a great job and got along good, um, wasn't hard to look at. Um, and then I started, I really was at a place in life because I was like 24 years old at the time. And I thought, Lord, is this the one? Is this the one? And I started to really pray about it. I wasn't talking to her about it. I was just praying about it. Talking to God about it. So don't be talking to people before you ha- talk to God. Right. Hey, listen, if you're dating somebody, don't say, you know, I'm going to pray about if I'm going to marry you or not. Don't do that. That's called dumb. 
Because you're either going to lose them right there or they're, or they're going to hound you forever. What'd God say? He said, you're needy. Run. Okay. Anyway, one day, one day I'm just kind of hanging out with this, with this girl and spending time together. And she got up and walked away. And it's almost like the Lord waited till she left. And I mean, it just dropped inside of me. I knew. And it's like the Lord said, she's not the one. (laughs) Alicia just went. But the Lord just put, she's not the one. This is important, y'all. Hear me. And I said, yes, sir. And so I took about, you know, a week or so to just kind of process that. But, you know, his word was more important to me than emotion or anything else. And, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And then, you know, and then you got to go tell that person. Well, the Lord said, now a lot of creepy people have blamed it on the Lord. Okay. So, but listen, you better pray about everything and then be led by peace. And here's what it is or lack of it, lack of it. Pay attention to that. And we get overly busy and live life of generalities instead of a life of precision. And God would help you with that. What God reveals to you, don't miss this. What God reveals to you, he will empower. And what he empowers, he will bless. Otherwise, you can just fill your life with a bunch of stuff. Don't do it. Don't do it. Second thing is this. Priorities. Why do I pick such big words? Priorities. And let me just add to this two Principles. You've got to determine priorities and principles. And listen, once you know your priorities and your principles, they will make most of your decisions for you. And so there's some things, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't be that. I can't be involved in that. Why? Because it doesn't fit my priorities or it doesn't fit my principles. It's it's real important that, that we have that. You still with me? Thirdly, plan. Plan. Everybody say plan. You, uh, it's been said that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. You got to plan your work and then work your plan. Um, think about things. This is novel. I'm bringing it back. Think about things, write some things down, sketch some things out, get some godly counsel plan. A lot of people just don't, they just don't have a plan. Well, where are we going? I don't know. What are we going to do when we get there? I don't know. It's like, can't we plan something? And I know you can overly plan something, but we're talking about your life right now. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. Proverbs 21, verse 29. The virtuous think before they act. Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believe every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. We've got a plan. Let me give you another one real quick. Prune. Not prunes. Prune. Everybody say prune. Do you know what I mean by that? You've got to cut some things out. It's elimination. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Anybody got anything slowing you down? Stop looking at them. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. It's been said that if you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. 
There's some things you've just got to cut out of your life. You know, and uh, Alicia does this to me with, I, I love books and I order books and I'm in school now. So I've got a lot of more books coming to the house. And she asked me the other day in the sweetest little voice, she goes, maybe in, in my study at home, I've got a lot of books. And, and she said, maybe as you get new books, you could get rid of like some other books. And it's like, I want to say, you know, as we had more children, did we want to get rid of And then she said this way, maybe you have some books that are like what we don't believe anymore and you could get rid of those. (laughs) So I I may, I may look through that, but you got to cut some things out. Everybody say, cut it out. And then lastly, and I'll just put it up here, protect, protect. That means once you've done all of these things, you prayed, you've got priorities in your principles, you've, you're. You've got some plan about this. You're pruning. You're cutting some things out of your life. You've got to protect it. And one of the ways you do that is you've got to learn to say no. And you can say no and you can be gracious but, but resolved. When you say no, see, what you prayed for actually was wisdom. Do you know what wisdom is? The best. It's the best. So God, give me wisdom on this. That means God, show me what's best. The best thing to do. The best, you know, you want what is best. So good is the enemy of best. And so we, I don't want good. There's all these good things. Now, I, I got to say no to a lot of good things. I said, you got to say no to a lot of good things because of best. You've got to protect best. You got to protect the, the wisdom and the, and the guidance of the Holy spirit and the light of God's word. You got to protect that by not overcrowding your life with more good stuff. And so as you add things to your life, I started to say this early as you add things to your life, you're going to have to maybe cut some things out of your life. Now I'm, I'm praying about some of that. There's some extra things that on occasion I do. And I'm like wondering, it's like, you know, God show me because you, we don't, we can't get over busy on these things. So you've got to learn to say no so that you can say yes to what is best. And I say this and please hear my heart, please, please, please hear my heart. And I don't want to hurt anybody with this at all. Do you know how often I get invited to go eat, go play golf, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. And they're all good and they're all with wonderful people. And you know what? So often I have to to say no. And don't ever let that reflect it. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to be with people. No. My life has to be very ordered. But it's just me. It's just one person. It's just, yeah, but if I, it's precedence that you set and. Just things, it's nothing against anybody or it's, uh, it's just, I have, well, I saw you eating with salt. You know, you, you can't do that. It's hard being me sometimes. And I don't, I don't want to hurt people. I, I just don't. But I can't say yes. Because if I say yes to every good thing, I'm going to have to say no to some best things. That I didn't arrive at last week that we've been working on for decades to get clear so I could have solid traction in my life. Because look at me, because I'm going to finish my race and I'm going to be fruitful. And this church and you and my family are going to be all that God intended them to be. And so you can't you can't overload with that. So I hope that didn't hurt anybody. And if it did. Joyce Meyer says this. How many of you are afraid of Joyce Meyer? I am. 
I love her, but I'm afraid. She said, if you correct somebody in a godly way, it's not your job to cheer them back up. So leave it at that. Thank you, Joyce. If you're, if you're watching, Joyce. Okay. Let me say this real quick and then we'll wrap this up tonight. The enemy will constantly try to load you back up with good stuff. Oh, here's another good thing you, you could be involved in. I've been invited to be a part of this and that and this organization and on this board and all that kind of stuff. And, and it, that's nice and it's flattering. But you can't live by nice and flattering. We've got to live by wisdom and not be over, overly busy. Jesus went from one place of prayer and rest to another. Jesus was never stressed. Jesus was never in a hurry. Jesus did not have a 24-hour-a-day ministry. Jesus did not heal everybody. Jesus did not help everybody. That wasn't his assignment. He said, I only do, I only do what I see my father doing. And I only say what I hear my father saying. It's wrong on our part to live this way. I don't have enough time. There's too much to do. Pressures, responsibility, circumstances, blah, 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 blah. It's wrong to do that. Let me give this line to you. And please don't miss this as I close tonight. God will give me. Let me put it on all of us here. God will give you all the time and energy you need. If you'll seek him first and let him guide you. I want to say it again because you've got to get this. I drove the whole night to get it to this point. God will give you all the time and energy you need if you'll seek him first and let him guide you. I want to say it one more time. God will give you all the time and energy you need if you'll seek him first and let him guide you. Now I want you to personalize it and say it with me. God will give me all the time and energy I need. If I will seek him first and let him guide me. And I pray that gets into your heart and mind. Let me read you two scriptures and then we'll finish up tonight. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. And then in Matthew eleven twenty eight in the Amplified Bible, Jesus said, come to me. There's your key. That's where we started. That's where eternal life is. That's known God. Come to me. Look what happens when you come to him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, busy. And I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve And refresh your souls. Boy, don't we need that. Don't we need that. And there's our antidote for busyness. God help us. God help us not just be hearers, but to be doers of this. Do you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right. Good deal.